Hello there. I'm Batman. Just kidding. I'm JD. History of the Flash. And I am also Batman. <laughs> I'm just going to drag this out. <laughs> Ahoy, everyone. I'm the comic book hunter. And yeah. Very much so dragged out. Welcome to a Hero Story, episode 43. The reason we started with our I'm Batman introductions is because it is Batman's 80th anniversary. Holy anniversary, Batman. Happy birthday. I understand uh, And to go along... Yeah, thank you. Uh, to go along with his 80th anniversary is Detective Comics number 1000, which will be the main focus of today's episode. Uh, if you're new to a Hero Story, a Hero Story is a comic podcast all about comic books. We talk about not only just comic books, but comic book movies, comic book video games, comic book animations... That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, anything DC comics. and Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, all, all things comics. And uh, today's episode focused all around because there's not much big news. Uh, but we have big comics such as Detective Comics 1000, uh, Heroes in Crisis number 7, and a few others that hopefully we'll be able to touch upon. But those are the main two. So, yeah. Yeah, those few um, others, uh, just really quick, we won't talk about them much. But if we get to them, uh, Flash number 67, Justice League number 7... Uh, Action Comics 1009, and Shazam number four. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty good week in comics. I didn't get to finish everything just yet because of a busy week. But what I read, I liked, for the most part. Uh, so we'll start with Detective Comics 1000 because that's definitely the main focus of the episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Detective Comics 1000, if, you, if you're not familiar with uh, how Action Comics 1000 was broken up, it had like a bunch of different stories by a bunch of different writers. They're not very long stories. Uh, some are just a few pages. But there were, I want to say like eight or nine in this one. Oh, the, and we'll go. We'll, uh, one, I, I didn't count, but uh, we'll go in order of the stories. We'll say in the beginning if we liked it, if we didn't like it, if we thought it was mediocre, and then we'll go over the story. So overall for the issue, I found it very underwhelming, which was really sad because I wanted to love it, and I thought it was very mediocre. I mean, um, yeah, I thought, yeah, no, I agree. I, th- I, I liked thought it, the majority but... of the stories were disappointing. I mean, there were like two or three that I really genuinely liked, and then the rest were just mediocre to bad. So you would say Action Comics 1000 was better? Oh, much better. Yeah, I agree. I thought Action Comics 1000 only had like one bad story, but the rest was like really well made. This one was yeah, just kinda... yeah, agreed. I mean, I highly recommend it, Batman and Detective Comics 1000. It's a good thing to own, I would say. Uh, and it's like the stories are great if you like the legacy of not just Batman, but just the creators behind Batman. You know, with like all these writers and artists that worked on Batman throughout the past, I wouldn't say 80 years, but about 30 years? 40? So. It's good to have. It's a really good collector's item, but if you're buying this for the stories alone, expecting like the greatest Batman story to date, uh, go pick up Court of Owls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's bold of you to call yeah. Court of Owls the best. <laughs> well, I mean, um, today, yeah, I mean, like I, most I, recently for Batman I, I stories. I got you, but I, yeah. I, I agree. This is a bit of a disappointment to be awesome, but I don't know. I mean, there were a lot of people that enjoyed it online. Like, I mean, I saw a lot, like a big range of opinions, but. I don't know, it just didn't work for me. There were some stories that I liked, but I felt like they were few and far between, which is sad. Yeah, but, and I believe, yeah, there are nine stories, and yeah, I guess we'll talk about it here. Also, yeah. uh, for those who listened to last week's episode, our Shazam review, thank you very much, and if you haven't listened to it, check out our Shazam movie review from last week. 
Yeah, it's spoiler free, so you don't even have to worry about it if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. But all right, let's get to the comics. So the first uh, story in Detective 1000 is by the creative team, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, most famously known for Batman New 52. Which yeah, is... they did all quarter vowels and everything. JD and I, we have our comics in front of us right now. So if you have Detective Comics issue 1000, pull it out and we will go <laughs> through this all together. Yeah, and uh, I think Batman New 52, and especially this creative team, has a special place in both mine and Hunter's heart uh, for some of our earlier comics that we read. Yeah, definitely. Batman New 52 kind of got me into comics in a way. I always loved comics before, especially like Sonic ones and stuff, but <laughs> Batman New 52 may convinced me to get fully into comic books, like actually like do the research and start from the start and catch up. And it made me catch up to comics because before I was just reading trades every once in a while, but yeah. I got caught up to the issues and now here I am waiting every Wednesday for new issues. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so the title of their story is Batman's Longest Case. Batman is investigating a case that he's been investigating his entire career. Uh, it's little clues here and there, but nothing too major. It's something that happened like I think he said in his first mission as Batman. His yeah, first and, case is Batman. Right? Yeah, and we get a panel of him finding a clue, but you just see his hand and he has the purple glove, which is like a hint at his very first original suit. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. which is like a little nice, a, a nice little touch. And then uh, I feel like each panel you kind of see um, almost like technology around him improving. So like in the third one they show, there's like it looks like some really old computer screens. Oh yeah, no, I that's don't know if a good it was point. purposeful or not, but they look old. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't catch that. And as so you keep going, like, uh, even his suit upgrades because you see in that panel specifically, he has the suit with the uh, yellow circle around it, which we haven't seen in ages. Yeah, since like the nineties. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good point. Oh, and even the bottom left panel, he's wearing the blue cape, which is his nineties suit, I believe, as well. Yeah, I feel like from the 70s to the 90s, he kind of had like a more of a blue tint to the suit. Yeah, blue and gray instead of black and gray. So interesting. Yeah. So there's like a million different clues that he's been solving, and each one kind of brings him to the next clue without solving the case. But tonight's the night that he's finally going to solve the case. He has to break into an office uh, where he finds... Uh, it, it's like X marks the spot, and he looks on a typewriter where he sees the uh, five letters G A L T O, which is the first five letters of the name of the man who invented the fingerprint method. For any of you forensic studiers out there, I remember that actually from one of my friends' classes. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, so, so w when uh, when he hits, it, it looks like a little um, like a little key thing, and it op yeah, because uh, the guy was named plus Galton, right? Yeah. So yeah, he's Galton. finishing the name. Yeah, so it. he presses the N on the typewriter, and it opens up a bookcase, which opens up like a kind of a corridor. And I, I love the dialogue here. Uh, he's like, all these years, all these clues. Be careful. Whoever Whoever's behind this is potentially the smartest, most dangerous foe you've ever faced. So I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be so badass. And then when it's revealed, it's just a detective society. So uh, they're like, hello, Batman. And you see people such as Detective Chimp, Martian Manhunter, Hawk Girl, Hawkman, uh, The Question, and a few others I don't recognize. And I guess the guy thrown as a new character. So from there, I was kind of like, oh. Sam Bradley, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it seems like Batman also doesn't know who the two other people are because he mentions it says Carter, which is Hawkman, Jean, which is Martian Manhunter, Kendra, Hawk Girl, Detective Chimp, but he doesn't mention the two people that we don't know who they are. Yeah, yeah, and the orange suit and the girl in the red. But yeah, it's a secret society of detectives that solve the world's unsolved mysteries. Um, it's the world's like best detectives, and they want him to join. And um, they're like, oh, like we've ha- we have cases that go to the beginning of time. And Batman picks a book off a case, and he open like his eyes open wide, and he says, "Wow!" And that's where the story ends. It's like, um, huh? <laughs> So I so I really loved the build up, like the suspense of like, wow, this is like it's been since the very beginning. Batman's finally gonna solve this case. Who's gonna be behind the door? And I thought this was kind of like anticlimactic ending. Yeah, kind of. It was like I feel like I wanted more though, in a way. Like they're doing such a small story and they're introducing like literally an entire new team. And two members of that team are on the Justice League, which Batman works with every day, and they didn't tell him about it. Hawkgirl and <laughs> Martian Manhunter. It's yeah. like, huh? Also, why is Martian Manhunter even here? Is he a better detec- detective than Batman? Like- yeah, like it's a society of the world's greatest detectives, and the one who we've been calling the world's greatest detective for years is there. Just I don't know, this, this now, felt like yeah. a weird ending to a story. Like, what? Like, I thought it was great buildup, and then that was kind of just like, eh. Didn't, didn't care for it. So this one goes in the... We're going to use three categories. Liked it, mediocre, didn't like it. This one goes in the mediocre for me. It had potential to be liked it, but it just didn't finish for me. Okay, yeah. I'll put it in the mediocre too. I'll write this all down so that we can say it at the end. <laughs> but I but I, I do like to see uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo you know, working together on Batman again. It's nice to see Greg's Batman, even if it's just for a few pages. It's, it's, you know, it gets me kind of nostalgic. Yeah. It was... Yeah. Same. The art, especially during the scene where he's on a building, you see a silhouette of Batman and his cape hanging down. You see a bit of Gotham City. That was nostalgic. That was like, because yeah. Greg Capullo, he loves drawing cities and he loves drawing silhouettes. So, and it looks great. So yeah, I like the art. Yeah, I just wasn't a fan of the anticlimactic ending. Ending. Yeah. So definitely mediocre for me. But uh, yep. our next story is by Kevin Smith. Uh, drawn by Jim Lee, which uh, Jim Lee art is always a pleasure to see on Batman. He famously drew Batman Hush and Suicide Squad probably. Rebirth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Hush is like the one where he drew Batman, like the definitive story for a lot of people. And oh, yeah. Another one that's special to both Hunter and I, I'd say, because that was one of the first trades I ever read. That was the first trade I ever read, read for Batman. So, oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> It was. Yeah. So um, this story, this story is written by Kevin Smith. I really was not expecting much. Uh, Kevin Smith has like one of the worst Batman stories of all time. So I've heard. I've never read it. It's like Batman the Widening Jai or something, something like along the lines of that. But I've heard it's like notoriously horrible. Yeah, I haven't read it either. But I've never read it. But he does have I, a I've really heard, good. Like, a lot of bad things. He, he's, <laughs> he does have a really good Green Arrow run. So yeah. Green Arrow Quiver, and he's done some good work on like Daredevil and some other heroes. So Kevin he, Smith, some comic writing yeah. experience, and he's a big movie director and movie writer. He has like his whole universe. I think that's the problem because Kevin Smith is not a comic writer. So <laughs> imagine if you yeah, like checked your phone one day, she's like Tom King leaving Batman. Kevin Smith, new writer. It's like, huh? What? <laughs> so, but that being said, I thought this was this was one of the stories that goes in my liked it category. I, I really like the story. So um, 
This is a story about Matches Malone buying, uh, trying to buy something in a villain-themed gift shop. Uh, not villain-themed. It's like uh, uh, somebody selling like off villains things that they left behind in a fight or lost in a fight. So you see um, one of Kite Man's kites. You see one of Mister Freeze's uh, freeze guns. You Firefly see helmet. Harley Quinn's the Mad Hatter's hammer. Hat. Yeah, a lot yeah, of things. So there's like a bunch of yeah, and uh, Matches Malone is. Obviously, Bruce Wayne's kind of undercover alter ego. So mm-hmm. we're curious. I'm like, from right off the bat, I'm like, oh, I'm curious what he's going to buy. So they, they show some really nice panels. And this is, again, kind of like showing a reflection of time because we see the yellow oval behind the bat logo of him fighting the penguin and him fighting Mr. Freeze like as they talk about certain artifacts yeah. uh, like of the villains. And they go into a gun drawer and uh, they talk about uh, two faces guns and a gun that Riddler had that jammed and uh, then matches points to one and he said what's that gun and then uh, that's the gun that actually murdered the Waynes and I was like ooh this is Wayne, kind of like uh, Wayne Enterprise <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah matches Milan has to play dumb but it, it, it's kind of interesting and uh, he, he's trying to sell it for a thousand dollars matches flicks fifteen hundred dollars at him and uh, the guy who runs the shop is like, wow, you're like a higher class uh, of people trying to buy this. Usually people are trying to buy this are low class people. Like, I like the, I like you. You're welcome back anytime. And then uh, we see Bruce return to the Batcave and he has the gun in a glass case. And Alfred is very critical of this right away. He's like, you know, I supported you when you got the penny. I even threw my back out trying to help you get that bloody dinosaur down here. <laughs> but having the gun that killed your parents down here, like that's that's sick. It, it's haunted you your entire life. And uh, Bruce says it's not going in the trophy collection. And I really love how the dialogue was written here. Like, I thought it was actually deeply deep and good. <laughs> yeah. um, Bruce says that it's not going in the trophy collection, Alfred. This gun was never fired at me, but it still scarred me for life. I grew up broken and sad after this hunk of metal took everything from me. And who knows how many other lives it's ruined or ended. But after tonight, and then you see the gun starting to melt. And uh, he says it's never going to hurt anyone ever again. And then he kind of molds it into a, like an oval-shaped thing. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder where this is going to go. He's, he continues, I'm going to make that metal pay for its sins. I'm going to burn that metal that killed my parents and forge it into something useful. And we see Bruce put it behind the bat logo of his suit. And he says, so the metal that broke my heart as a child, that same metal will protect my heart as a man. And that is justice. And then we see Batman, like a uh, really cool shot of him just cape flowing on like a – Gargoyle. Like a gargoyle yeah. on a building. And uh, the, the name of the story is Manufactured for Use. I really like that story. I thought it was yeah. good. It's a very heartfelt story. Uh, the entire time, during these uh, little panels of Bruce fighting different villains, like Mr. Freeze, Catwoman, Penguin, uh, every villain, they're all firing at his chest. He's yeah. getting scratched in the chest, he's getting burned in the chest, he's getting hit in the chest. And you see just, like, his suit ripping, but you see little bits of that piece of metal in there. I didn't catch that when I first read it. So I had to yeah. actually go back. And I'm like, oh, crap, they're all actually hitting his chest. But it's pre- yeah. the metal that killed his parents is protecting him. So, interesting. I liked it. And I think yeah, I most did, people I, I thought really it was interestingly it. deep. I thought, I mean, obviously the story is, like, non-canon. But I thought Bruce already had the gun. So that's why I was, like, really thrown off in the beginning of reading the story. But I liked the way they... Uh, uh, kind of brought it around and what it came to represent. So very good job, Kevin Smith. And of course, Jim Lee art is beautiful as usual. But yeah, this one goes in my liked it category. Me too. Is it not canon though? I feel like this is canon in a way. 
these stories? They could oh, take the place in the past. The count as canon? They oh. could take place in the past, but I think they are canon. Oh, okay. I, I thought they were all non-canon. Same thing with the action ones. I, I didn't realize. Oh, maybe I—I could be wrong, but I feel like they are. I've been reading these as if they're canon and just take place in place in the past. I mean, yeah, that's an inter- actually an interesting way to look at it. That could be something that happened in the past or mm-hmm. happened at some point, like off-panel. So yeah, all right, yeah. I can see that. Next uh, our story. next story is written by Paul Dini, who is famous for Batman the Animated Series and all those animated DC shows that we grew up on. Uh, and the art style is very Batman the Animated Series-ish. And I like it. It's cool. Yeah, it uh, is. So this is kind of like almost like a documentary that you would see on TV. And it's uh, different Batman villains talking about one one um, henchman who has worked for pretty much every big bad. And his name is Brody. Brody uh, last name Newt. is Brody. Newt Brody. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah no, no. Uh, Newt. Newt or Newt? I think it's Newt. Newt Brody. Oh, yeah, you're right. Newt Brody. So Newt Brody is a guy who works for, uh, here we see Harley Quinn, the Mad Hatter, Penguin, Riddler, Poison Two-Face, Ivy. Yeah, everyone. Uh, yeah, yeah, so he's worked for every big bad. Even, uh, what's the guy that shoots the most? Condom and King. Uh, <laughs> Condom and King, which is some of the cheesiest villain ever. Uh, but all these, all these people that are doing the interviews, hate Newt Brody uh, and they all go over little stories of how he was the one who blew it for them they could have had their chance to be successful like in their heist or whatever crime they were committing but he blew it so the first one is Harley and the Joker uh, when she was still working with him and they were supposed to stop an election from taking place so they go to like a polling place and uh, they're actually riding an elephant and a donkey which represent the two uh, American political parties so it's pretty funny mm-hmm. and um, they're they're basically just stopping the votes from happening when Batman and Robin break in and uh, Newt Brody actually stops Harley Quinn and takes like a detonator out of her hand. And when he hits it, it, it like it's supposed to look accidental, but when he hits it, it goes right to Batman. So Batman from there is able to stop them. So, uh, you know, they call him like, Oh, what a klutz he is. Uh, they also yeah. show him hanging uh, Newt Brody accidentally hung kite man by his kite. He froze Mr. Freeze and uh, they show him with, the Mad Hatter gang when he was supposed to be watching the watch, like be the watch out at the heist and he fell asleep at his post <laughs> and that's how they got caught. And like the whole ride back to Arkham, they're all mad at him. So pretty funny uh, with Riddler. They have like a maze that was going to stop Batman. And like, it was the perfect thought out maze, but uh new Brody, he gets, I-, I think he knocks into Ed, which throws off, the whole plan and then uh when batman like gets the drop on him he makes him give him the kill code and then riddler's like how did you get the kill code and he's like oh the paper fell out of your jacket and i memorized it <laughs> so he's like a grade a klutz he even burned down one of poison ivy's plant uh like greenhouses and poison ivy's the one who thinks she killed him because she sent him the kiss with the, like the whole dust thing and that he was dead from there. So in the interview, she says that she killed him. Uh, we see the Bat family watching this in the cave. Uh, Dick, Bruce, Barbara, and Alfred. Alfred. Yeah. And um, they're like, well, he, uh, you're, not, you're not dead from Poison Ivy's kiss if you take the antidote in advance and nose plugs. And th- that's where we uh, find out that each one of the Bat family members have played uh, Newt Brody at some point. So yeah, they just wear a disguise. A, a nice, and, it was yeah. an interesting little reveal. And then um, 
Newt Brody Jr. comes out, Damien, and he's ready to keep the legacy going because Bruce thought they should finally retire now that he's quote-unquote dead. <laughs> and uh, he comes out as Newt Brody Jr., and that's it. That's the end. It's a kind of I like a this heartfelt story. story. Yeah, it's an episode or like a short of Batman the Animated Series. Like, say it were to continue and introduce Damian Wayne. So I liked it. Oh, yeah, yeah that is cool. I didn't really think of it as the... Uh... As a continuation in the animated series, but I guess it's written by Paul Dini, so I will put this in my good category. Yeah, this one goes in the I liked it category for me. This okay. was uh, one of the ones I liked. All right, uh, the next one we have is by Warren Ellis. Um, I'm not familiar with Warren Ellis just based off the name. Maybe I've read something from him, but I yeah, I'm not either. Just based actually. off the name, I can't think of anything. Yeah, like I've never yeah. even heard of him, so I'm a little like hmm. And the art is by Becky Clunan. Which does kind of classic art, but really good with the lighting in here. I guess the yeah, colors yeah, is by yeah, Jordy Belair, who was good job. <laughs> like it's really yeah, good lighting. Yeah, the, yeah, the art and colors yeah. teams did a great job on this one. one uh, the silhouettes of kind of Gotham City and stuff. Yeah, it basically seems like it's <clears> a bomb ambush in an old factory in Gotham City. Batman shows up in the Batmobile, breaks through the window, and. It's dark, but every time the henchmen start to fire their guns, there's like a flash of light, which just... The lighting is really good. Batman's saying some sort of codes every once in a while. It says like D4 and an explosion happens. S1, S2, S3. Three explosions happen. So he's like kind of just trapping the place in a way. And these explosions, they don't kill these people, but they happen nearby enough to knock the grunts over. Uh, A lot of them are standing on high areas on top of boxes, and then the boxes blow up and they fall down creates enough smoke to have Batman kind of hide in the shadows and you get this really cool scene of like the henchman just kind of like looking for him in this all the smoke and you see just through the smoke some grunts looking terrified and then a batarang goes flying the Batman comes in and you just see his white eyes and it's just yeah a lot of good smoke and color uh Batman starts to talk in the end now he all these guys are very easy to take out except for the leader because he the leader he's visionary criminal and unstable so the leaders will do willing to do whatever it takes, even that means killing, being killed, basically. Batman doesn't want that to happen. So the dialogue in here is also really good. Batman says, As I said, I have a plan. I've studied him. He doesn't know if he's more afraid of dying or living. I'm ready to give that a push. And Batman goes over and goes, Look at me. And the guy looks the leader looks terrified and he's holding this bomb coat and he says, No. And Batman says, Look at me. I'm already dead. Look at me. I'm trapped in this place, and all I do is haunt the living. Is that what you want for yourself? And the leader starts to cry and says no, and gives Batman the, I guess, bomb button? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the detonator. Yeah. I think that's it's a good story showing something that doesn't happen too much in comics nowadays. Is Batman putting fear in criminals instead of just going straight to punching, which I like. What about mm-hmm. you? Yeah. Um, so originally I had this one in my dislike category, like upon initial read, but kind of looking back at it now, I'm, I'm definitely gonna move it up a little bit, uh, probably still like in the mediocre range, but I definitely like this better. And, uh, when you read the dialogue kind of slowly and again, yeah, it does kind of hit deeper. And I thought the art was really nice. Uh, like you said, the colors were just amazing with the explosions and the lighting. It was really good. Yeah. It's like, it's a cool story. It's a cool idea. I like the fear of criminals, but in the end, it's like it's an okay story. Like, yeah, so it's this not one goes amazing. In the section for me. Yeah, it's basically just a fight scene, and so it's all yeah, right. yeah. 
Yeah, it's pretty quick. Uh, so the next story is Return to Crime Alley by Denny O'Neill. Denny O'Neill is a famous writer for DC Comics throughout like the 70s to the 90s, I believe. Uh, he's written such things as big Batman stories uh, in the 70s and 80s that I obviously can't think of the arc name. Uh, he brought Shazam kind of like back to DC when uh, Shazam started to become big again in the 70s. And he wrote the Nightwing mini that started the Nightwing 1996 series that ended up becoming very successful. So that's at least what I know him from. He's, he's a very famous Batman writer, though. Uh, yeah. And this story is a continuation of a story he wrote back in the day for Detective Comics. I forget which number exactly. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's supposed to be like a, almost like a part two in a way, or like a continuation of a Detective Comics. I want to say like either 500 or 600, somewhere around there. Or no, it might have even been 400. Wow. Long time ago. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of issues ago. Uh, so we start with Leslie Tompkins saying, Bruce, no. And then we get a flat, uh, we go back 35 minutes earlier. And, yeah, uh, and for those who don't know Leslie Tompkins, she's like a doctor to bruce she's like a family friend she knows bruce's batman and she helps him out when he needs extreme medical care yeah she know. was friends with thomas wayne uh and she, yeah she's the batman's personal doctor when alfred can't stitch him up i guess yeah uh these four people are buying masks for some kind of heist that they're gonna do batman drops down on leslie Tompkins and uh him and Leslie Tompkins kind of have like a back and forth and uh, Bruce says that's the anniversary of his parents' death. And then uh, Leslie says that it wasn't their death. Uh, it was a murder. His, his father and his mother were murdered exactly where he was standing. Cause they're in crime alley. Yeah. And uh, Leslie's kind of very critical of uh, Batman in this issue. Basically that um, what happened to her, what happened to his parents is terrible, but he should have used that tragedy to motivate a life of charity not turn to this uh, world of misery, which I was like, okay, not the Leslie that we're used to. Usually Leslie's like very pro Batman, I guess you could say. Yeah. yeah. And, um, she says that she, that this let, uh, he let the tragedy of his parents' death consume him. And uh, he used the fear and the monster that he like, that he's become to try to put fear into criminals, which is like, that's not what your parents would have wanted in a way. And Bruce is kind of just like he's he's grateful for what Leslie did, but she, he doesn't want to hear her preach. And that's when the four people that we saw earlier in the issue, or earlier in the story rather, come up on Leslie Tompkins, and they're trying to rob him. They think it's like a Batman look like. They don't actually think it's the real Batman. Yeah. So, so Batman. It sounds like this story takes place during Halloween. Yeah. So because uh, how they bought these masks at the Halloween store, and they think Batman's just a guy dressed as batman not bruce wayne so yeah yeah and leslie like wants to just tell the boys to go home uh that you don't have to do it through hurting them but bruce is like no there's only one language these punks understand and then uh the guy pulls a gun on him and then bruce goes you dare pull a gun on me and then beats the absolute crap out of them and like as he's hitting them it's like your turn you think you could hide behind a mask rips off their mask and just hitting the crap out of me. He's like, uh, one more. And then that's when Leslie's like, Bruce, no. And then she's like, Casey, they're already hurt enough. And then she's like helping them poor thing. And Bruce is like, you, f you feel sorry for them. And then she says, no for you. And I was like, eh, yeah. I don't know. I didn't like this story. I didn't like I it mean, at all. I guess if I read the previous issue, the one that this is supposed to be the continuation of, maybe it didn't make more sense, but I don't know. I just thought this was very, I, I I'll put it in my dislike category. They make bad. Yeah, even though Batman fought these criminals with guns, it made it look like Batman was a bad guy. 
when he's not yeah let's say his name fast uh he's not a bad guy here. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh he's he saved their lives basically this guy put a gun up to him and batman stopped them and apparently that's a bad thing to leslie like nah. maybe i'm just used to the leslie we have today which is like a super nice woman who just loves bruce and alfred but i don't, know. Yeah. I don't like it i don't like it yeah I, didn't, I, I definitely put this one in my dislike category it just wasn't for me me too but all right, uh, our next story is Christopher another Priest. one that's going to end up in my dislike category. Yeah, Neil Adams. Just... <laughs> um, this one's by Christopher Priest, and it's drawn by famous artist Neil Adams, who uh, drew uh, the Green Arrow and Green Lantern hard-traveling heroes uh, story back in the day and so many other like great Bronze Age stories. Your You've partner's a junkie. Like, yeah, 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 he drew that. So, uh, yeah. Very famous. Very famous um, older so this is... art. Yeah, it doesn't really yeah, work today. definitely older, like Bronze Age. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these, uh, this story is like very confusing, like most Christopher Priest writing. Is. <laughs> um, so some, this group of kids jumps this guy, and I don't, I don't really get why they jumped him, but they call him like a stupid, greedy American, right? And then um, Bruce and Jim are coming up on the scene, and. Bruce, uh, Jim wants Bruce to see this the crime scene, and uh, who was killed here uh, has no clothes on him except for Bruce Wayne's business card, or he's got like underwear and an undershirt on, but like he has Bruce Wayne's card well, that, on him. No, just the Wayne card. Foundation card. It says Thomas and Martha yeah. Wayne Foundation. Yeah. So, uh, and then I think Bruce plays it off, and he's like, "Oh, well, if somebody, you know, everybody has my card, or something like that." Yeah. Um, then Batman is with Jim and he's like, Oh, what did Wayne give us? And, um, y- yeah, I don't, I don't, they, they go to like an old place that I guess the Waynes used to have some kind of business. Basically and they then, go to like, where do they go? They, they meet Rachel Ghoul and Rachel Ghoul tells them to go to, they don't really say, but he goes to some place. Even before snow. they meet Rachel. This is even before they meet Reja Ghoul. They they jump from Jim and Bruce to Batman and Jim, and then we jump right from that to Dick was filling in for Batman. Apparently, like there's no explanation as to what's going on here. And then then they meet up with Reja Ghoul. Uh, Bruce crashes his car into Rage's, and Rage is like, "Oh, a simple email would have sufficed." And then uh, he t- he says the name of the student. Uh, it's an it's somebody that I guess Rage had been supporting via visas. And uh, I, I guess Rage's people killed him, and uh, it's so confusing. Batman ends <laughs> they, up going they to this place. That happened in Batman number four thirty one. Yeah, which was a long time ago. And, Batman and Batman's go- just yelling at Rage's ghoul like about honor. And then Batman and, goes and to a place, and there's a bunch of thugs, and he tells them to like be better. And they walk and we find away. out that they killed their own brother, and then yeah, I don't know. It's just it's hard to it explain. <laughs> it wasn't good. <laughs> it was not good. I put it in my do not like category. This is my least favorite story. Yeah, uh, this one just them. made no sense to me. Like, I don't even know why they gave Christopher Priest a story for uh, Detective One Thousand. I feel like we could have had better writers in there. Yeah, Priest has been opinion. writing Deathstroke for the past hundred years. Like, why is he writing Batman now? He's not only, like, when I think Batman writers, I don't think Christopher Priest. But, yeah, uh, that's 
Detective Comics. Well, that's a Christopher Priest story. Next one is by Bendis, I believe. Yep, Brian Michael Bendis. Yeah, Brian Michael Bendis, and the art and colors is by Alex Maliev. Um, it's about you see Bruce Wayne. He's old. It takes place in the future. He's in a wheelchair. He's overlooking a lake. And you see old man Penguin walk over to taunt him. I guess he starts being like, "You recognize me? You recognize me?" Oswald Cobblepot. It's been a while, yeah. And he starts saying like. I know you're Batman. I found out years ago. I've always known you're Batman. And then you cut to uh, a little story where Penguin talks about how every once in a while villains meet up together to find out who you were to try to stop you. And we kind of started thinking maybe it's Bruce Wayne, but no, it can't be Bruce Wayne because why would it be Bruce Wayne? And they have all these theories. But then one day Penguin was walking and he saw uh, Bruce Wayne having dinner with a woman through the window of a fancy restaurant. And then the bat signal went up. And as soon as it went up, you looked at it and walked away. And then eventually Batman came in. So he's like, I found out that you were Bruce, that Batman was Bruce Wayne, and I've known all this time, and I've kept your little secret, and I'm smarter than you, and ha ha ha. Uh, eventually, uh, old man Bruce Wayne tasers him and knocks him to the ground. And Bru- old man Bruce says, I knew you knew Oswald, same way I knew what a coward you were. And then. Two thugs or two guards, I guess, start dragging Oswald away, and he also starts panicking, being like, "They told me, they told me you couldn't speak anymore. They told me you can't speak anymore." And Bruce just says, "Good visit." The end. I thought this was a good. Yeah. Story. Well, I, I, I don't know. This one's in my mediocre category. I I didn't care for it that much. I don't know. It was, it was okay, just okay though. Yeah, like it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good either. Yeah, so this one, this one is mediocre for me. What, what, which category does it fall into for you? Yeah, just the okay one. Sorry, okay. Bendis. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it just, I don't know. I thought it could have been better. Not my cup of tea. Then Jeff but Johns came. The also famous Jeff Johns, known for his incredible writing. With Kelly and, Jones as the artist. And, yeah, it's drawn by Kelly Jones, who, kind of an infamous Batman artist. Um, the art is really weird. <laughs> No, I, I don't know. The style is like like Damien is the Robin here, but he looks like a grown man. <laughs> he looks about four or thirty years old. I'll say. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's supposed to be older here, but yeah. So we see. I think Batman, yo, he definitely Robin. is. Yeah. Because yeah, this, we, we this Batman, seems to Robin, take place in the future. Yeah, yeah, because uh, there's a new Batgirl. So it's Batman, Robin, Catwoman, and Batgirl, and Ace, who's all dressed up, which is kind of cool to see. <laughs> yeah. I love Ace. Um, well, this new Batgirl is part. their daughter, Batman and Catwoman's daughter, called Echo. This is Batman's dream, yeah. I believe. It's called The Last Crime in Gotham. Yeah. Spoilers. Oh. I'm not supposed to reveal that till the end. <laughs> oh, I, I wasn't it's, sure if uh, this was a dream or not. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Um, so... It's a happy birthday, and there's tw- uh, a bunch of dead people around a cake, and they all have like uh, birthday hats on, and each of their sweaters has a different holiday on it. So they re- reference uh, the Long Halloween, and they're like, "Is the holiday killer back at it?" If you ever read the Long Halloween, great Batman story where somebody kills somebody on each holiday, but uh, we- it's revealed that no, it's not the Halloween killer because it's uh, the Halloween killer only kills one per holiday. He doesn't kill twelve at once. So uh, Gordon wants Batman to figure it out. And this is kind of like a relatively crime-free Gotham because the Joker died, or he's dying. So crime has really died down in Gotham since the Joker got sick. And uh, it's revealed that the son of the Joker did it. 
and he's got like a really creepy smile. Uh, but he's one of the dead people there. So he killed himself and he has a note for Batman and it says, uh, same chemicals that created my father took his life. Those chemicals are taking mine too. I am sick as he was. I'm grateful for that because without family, what are we? And, uh, then they're up on the rooftop, like still with the, uh, the bat light and they, they reveal it's the son of the Joker who killed them all. And, uh, Jim's like, that's it. You sure? And then he says, you should spend time with Barbara and Jason and the kids, which kind of makes it sound like Barbara and Jason are together. Yeah, that's what they're implying, what? definitely. So Red Hood and Batgirl get Ugh. together. They flirted for a bit in New 52. Uh, City Ugh, of Owls, they flirted Ugh. for a bit. But yeah, I, I hate this. This like gives me flashbacks to when uh, Tim and Barbara get married in Arkham Knight. Why? <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot. Oh. That's even worse. Ugh. I prefer Jason over Tim for being with Barbara. But I, prefer, I don't prefer either. Then. I give, prefer give Dick me, uh, over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so then Bruce ends with, it's time for family now for all of us. And then uh, he goes off to, with his family. And then we get the reveal that he was blowing out his birthday candle. And uh, it's cool the way they did the art here because he like goes up in smoke. And then you see the candle being blown out. And uh, Alfred says, I hope you made a good wish. Happy birthday, sir. So his wish is for a crime-free Gotham where the Joker's gone and he could have his own family and be happy with Catwoman. Aww. Aww, Tom I don't like it. hated this. I don't like it. <laughs> oh, I guess I'm talking because I didn't like it. I gave it uh, in my bad category. Yeah, same, which is crazy. I didn't think I'd ever put a Jeff John story in my bad category. Same, yeah. It's Ugh, just... This is... It Not seems good. like Jeff Johns has been so busy with like Shaz- writing Shazam and Three Jokers. He's like, oh crap, I gotta write Batman thing real quick. So, yeah, yeah, this is. I love your Doomsday Clock. I love your Shazam. I'm looking read. forward to Three Jokers, but not this. Anyways, uh, next one's yeah. called the Presid- pre- pre- President. 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 Okay. Uh, wow, almost forty minutes. We'll do this quickly. Uh, yeah. It's basically um, Batman and Alfred. They talk about Dick Grayson, and you get a ton of like this beautiful pages of like flashbacks to when he first became Robin, when his parents first died uh, at the circus, when Dick Grayson first becomes Robin, the original Teen Titans, which I'm sure you love seeing. Uh, we get Kid of Flash course. running, Aqualad, and Wonder Girl, Arsenal, or I guess Speedy. He was known by then. Yeah. Uh, you see. Uh, dick kiss starfire so when he was robin which was i think his first kiss was starfire so that could be his first kiss um i I think in canon it's barbara oh is it okay i think it really just just depends on who's writing (laughs) okay uh and alfred's being like this city's dangerous and he's just a kid and you gotta be careful but he could be better and batman starts bruce wayne starts convincing alfred like he could be better, and you get, like, flash-forward of him as Nightwing, and he basically just talks about Dick Grayson as so much potential. And then Dick Grayson, as a kid, he's probably about 10 years old here, jumps from a chandelier and be like, you should look up more often. Those chandeliers can support a lot of weight. Pretty impressive. <laughs> and, uh, Bruce starts talking about Alf- uh, starts talking about the way of Batman, and uh, Dick Grayson says, so let's show them how to do it. And we get this beautiful page uh batman and robin running kind of faded in the background but in the light you see uh the famous panel of batman and dick grayson with a candle they're both hands touching and they have both hands going up saying the oath about 
putting fear into criminals and just not stopping until everyone's safe. Yeah. Which this uh, one goes in my I liked category, and I yeah. really love that page at the end. The page in the end is gorgeous. This is my second favorite one, I'd say. Maybe yeah, third. it's in my top th- it's in my top three. Yeah, me too. It's in my good category. Okay. All right. The next one is the Tom King story, uh, drawn by Tony S. Daniel and Joel Jones, who have both done work in Batman Rebirth. And uh, Joel Jones does Catwoman, the Catwoman series. Um, this this series, it, it really could have been a lot better with just putting the color of who's talking in the background because there's 10 million speech bubbles, uh, like the square bubbles. And for some of them, like some of them, you can tell who's talking. Some of them, I have no clue who's talking. Yeah, like, the entire no story. <laughs> is Bruce Wayne going to his parents' grave and putting a picture down. But in the background, you have the entire, about 95% of the Bat family talking to each other on a rooftop. They're all together, and they're wondering why they're there, and they're saying jokes and stuff. I think it's a great dialogue, like really good dialogue here, when you can tell who's saying who. They talk about, there's the part where they'd be like, don't act you're all special, Dick. We've all died. And then someone says, I haven't died. And someone else says, give it time. But we don't know who said that. Probably someone who hasn't died, I guess. So, Batwoman, Batgirl, spoiler. So, so for <laughs> me, this dialogue came off as kind of fan fiction-y. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't care for it that much. I can see. Some was good, but some of it comes off as kind of like fan fiction-y and kind of just like, eh. Not, not my thing. Yeah, I can see why. Um... In the end, basically, Batman takes a picture of everyone together. And we get a really cool splash page that I'm sure a lot of you have seen of Batman, Nightwing, Batgirl, Red Hood, Batwoman, Alfred, Robin, uh, Robin again, because Tim Drake's Robin, uh, Catwoman, uh, The Signal, Spoiler, uh, Orphan, Ace, and Huntress for some reason. I feel like Huntress isn't really a Bat family (laughs) member at this point, but you know. And if you squint and look in the buildings in the background, you might just catch a glimpse of Batwing and uh, Azriel cry. Because why aren't they here? We don't know. Or Lucius Fox they even. Didn't get, they didn't get the invite. <laughs> yeah, they didn't yeah, get the Bruce, Bruce leaves the picture of the Batfam at his parents' grave. And uh, the dialogue at the end I thought was nice. But I don't know. I felt like some of the dialogue kind of comes, like in the earlier ones where the Batfam is talking, kind of comes off as fan fiction-y. And it's very hard to tell who's talking for some of them. I was just like, for when I saw King was writing this, I'm like, great, someone's going to die. Someone's going to get depressed. But it was like, <laughs> it was actually nice seeing King try out the Bat family. And I wish he would do that in his own book. But yeah, yeah I like okay, it. That ain't happened. I know. This, I one mean, goes, this one goes in my mediocre. Just because like, I don't know, there were some really stupid lines. Like the one between Batgirl and Batwoman, I thought that was so stupid. <laughs> this one goes in my good. I, I, I kind of like the whole... Uh, Batgirl and okay. Nightwing dialogue. Fair enough. Fair enough. I know a lot of people like this story, and I, I love the splash page, like the the Batfam thing, that one, and the Jason Fabok. Like I want that on my wall. So yeah. So yeah, really the next cool. few pages are just like put other art from artists drawing stuff, uh, like Amanda Connor, Jason Fabok. We got Michael Janin. Yeah. Michael Janine. Yeah, or that. <laughs> but yeah, the Jason Fabok yeah. one is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. We, it's it's awesome. Uh, the last story is by Pete Tomasi, which is the regular Detective Comics writer. Uh, this is basically the Arkham Knight going through kind of Batman's history. Uh, the dialogue's not bad here. I like the way he talks about Batman. You can really tell he hates Batman, and uh, you can feel that hatred. But then at the end, it gets so cringy because he says, Batman, say fast, really fast, as fast as you can, over and over. 
So what do you hear? Bad man. Bad man. Batman, 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 Batman. Yeah, I guess he, to me, he's now right. and forever, one of the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cringy. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong when you say it. Batman, 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 Batman. So, kind of says Batman. Ugh, it's just, it's cringy to me. Yeah, it's it's bad. Like, like, come on, you're bringing the Arkham like, Knight to the comics. And... Of, like, that, that's something I expect kind of like out of Joshua Williamson, not Pito Massey. <laughs> Yeah, are you, yeah. Like Scott Snyder. That's only Scott Snyder would write. That is definitely a Scott Snyder line right there. So that was that was something. But yeah, um, I'll put his in the, I'll put his in the mediocre just because like I like the beginning, but then the end's kind of cringy. So yeah, yeah, it's my mediocre. Lots of mediocre slash bad. Not that many good for me. I don't know. Detective One Thousand was kind of a disappointment, in my opinion. It was, but I'm glad to have it. I will beg and board it. Yeah, it, yeah, I'll cherish it now and forever, and it's you know something to go in the collector's item, and hopefully maybe I'll get it signed one day by some of the writers slash artists. Yeah, I got my Action Comics of the Thousand signed by Jim Lee. I'm hoping to get this one signed by Jim Lee, too. I got the Jim Lee cover, so... Oh, what cover did you get? The Jim Lee cover, the regular plane. Oh, yeah, The yeah. Jim Lee cover. I, Same. I went with it. I don't know. I, I liked it. It was cool. Yeah, me too. But yeah, yeah. Action Comics of the Thousand, check it out if you like mediocre Batman stories or... Detective Comics. Oh, yeah, Detective... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, check it out if you like mediocre Batman stories, a collector's item, or something that will probably be worth a lot of money in a few years. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I think a lot of copies will be sold. I mean, Action Comics was the number one selling comic of 2018, 1000, so. That's true, but imagine 20 years from now. Yeah, true, true. When we're true. on, like, right, Action uh, Comics, like, 1,700, so, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so we'll move on now to... Heroes, Heroes of Crisis number seven, just because we, we ran very long with Detective 1000, but I'm glad we got to break down each story for you, and I hope you enjoyed. Uh, so Heroes of Crisis number seven of nine. So we're really getting close to the end here. Um, we start with Wally talking about a poem that uh, Linda said to him at their wedding, and he's he picks up a flower, which looks dead, and then he, like some lightning comes off it, and it comes back to life. It looks nice. And then it's a beautiful splash page of uh, Wally in a flower field. That spells out here as a crisis, which they've done. I can't see it. <laughs> I have slight colorblind issues with reds and browns and greens, so I cannot read this at all. Whoa, really? Yeah, I know it says Heroes in Crisis. I, I assumed it did, and from people talking about it online, it does, but I can't read it. Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah it's like a colorblind test here. Yeah, it's kind of like wow. a colorblind. Like, I can still see color and everything. It just I cannot read this. It just looks like a bunch of flowers that kind of look the same to me interesting yeah <laughs> all right um harley is uh trying to beat the crap out of booster but booster's got a shield and uh she's singing kind of like lullabies the whole, or uh nursery rhymes the whole time and uh ted cord blue beetle and batgirl are kind of just watching and uh they make batgirl like such a dummy here like i hate the way that tom king writes batgirl here i feel like she's like I, she feels so out of character to me just because she's like letting harley almost like kill this guy she's like harley stop killing him she's like the mom that's never gonna do anything like yeah literally oh i didn't think of it that way why is i always assumed batgirl was younger than harley too that's just me yeah i don't know i'm probably about the same age but it's kind of weird seeing batgirl just like watch this criminals murdered people attempt to murder an actual superhero i don't know that's just weird to me yeah why are you trying to prove yeah. this criminal's innocent when she has a history of murdering when Bo- when Booster Gold does not? So, yeah. 
It, it was just weird to me. Uh, then we see oh, a nine a nine panel interview from Wally, and uh, he's got some crazy faces going on, <laughs> especially in that second one. Uh, but he talks about how it's his first his first day at Sanctuary, and uh, it went great so far. And he's like, "Oh, am I supposed to tell you? Maybe I should tell you again." Uh, I'm open all the way. I'll talk about it. Whatever. I just uh, we could do this fast. Uh, I uh, uh, and it's just. Ugh, I, I I hated these nine panel interviews. <laughs> I, I've seen some like definitely different reactions online, but I just did not care for them. I just the oh. art is incredible. Oh my god, we'll, we'll talk when we get to the later ones. I want to say some things. But... Yeah, Clayman art is incredible. Tom King writing. Let me get not another so artist. I don't know what artist this is. Uh, I guess it'll tell me in the end. But uh, Flash is going yeah, back and forward to Batman, giving him updates on where Booster Gold could be. He doesn't know and. Batman's just like, well, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold, they kind of have these hideouts around the place. We could, I could use the Bat Radio to find them. And Flash is like, no, nah, I'm faster than the Bat Radio. And he kind of goes back and forth to like one in Australia, one in New York. And he's just traveling around the world looking for Blue Beetle and Booster Gold because they are the potential killers of Wally West. But we don't know where they are. So they're actually just in an apartment building yeah. in an unknown city with Harley Quinn and Batgirl. So, yeah. Yeah, and uh, back there, Harley is still beating the crap out of Booster. They both say, I saw you kill him to each other. And again, Batgirl and Ted Corder just watching, and uh, Ted Corder reveals that the shield only works as long as Ted is conscious because he had to rewire the energy. To which Batgirl goes, huh, and punches him in the side of the head, which knocks him out. Again, so stupid. I hate the way he writes Batgirl here. Uh, and then she says, Har, honey, I got the shield. Now remember, no killing, and I'm serious. I mean, honestly, she sounds like a mom who has, like, no consequence. Like, I feel like we all have one of those friends who, whose mom, yeah. like, lets them do anything. Like, lets them get away with it. Like, that's how she sounds right now, and I hate it. Um, and then Booster's like, oh, no. And then, again, with the, with the nurse, uh, the... Well, like yeah, nursery, nursery rhymes. rhymes like, yeah. Harley had a little booster. His brain was made of lead, and for all the things the booster did, Harley made him dead. Like it's so stupid. <laughs> um, and then and then Batgirl's like, "Did I just say no killing for the eighth time? Come on, God damn it, Tom King." <laughs> um, back back with Wally in the nine panel interview, and it's the end of week one, and he feels like he's doing good. Uh, he's talking about all the stuff: Linda, Iris, Jai, all of them, all gone. So he's getting a little sad just talking about it, just saying their names. Yeah. And then I see a huge Zachary Levi. <laughs> uh, and then we're back to Flash and Batman. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a huge Shazam ad on the next page. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then on the next page, uh, Flash, like Hunter said, is running and giving Batman updates. Not in Africa, not in Europe, not in Australia. And Bruce is like, wouldn't this be faster just to do it over the Bat Radio? And he's like, actually, I'm faster than the Bat Radio. So. Thank that you. was like technically yeah, cool. true. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Tom King. Very cool. Uh, <laughs> then Booster kind of has his, uh, his like admitted some failure here. He says that he failed to just kill me. What am I even worth? I failed. I failed. I failed. I failed. Bleep it. Bleep everyone. Bleep everything. So Booster's all sad. And then just bleep and do it. And then Harley goes, hickory dickory duck. Harley went for a walk. She saw her love covered in blood. Hickory dickory doc and gets all sad as she stabs down but she doesn't actually stab booster in the head she stabs next to him then she curses falls next to him curses again and then booster asks her why does she, what's with the nursery rhymes and uh she says she doesn't know how to talk while she's superheroing so she thought that would fill the void and uh she says i'm not very good at superheroing and uh booster's like, yep. not very good at writing 
<laughs> uh, no, I don't mean that, Tom King. I love you. But I, we have a love-hate relationship. Uh, and then Booster goes, yeah, me neither. Uh, then back to Wally with a nine-panel interview. And he gives us an iconic thumbs up, <laughs> which many people have posted, including me. Second week. Uh, week two. The, yeah, the end of the second week. <laughs> um, he learned about how he's been a superhero since he's a teenager. And... Um, he got struck by lightning while most kids were developing and dodging bullets while most kids were just growing up. And he modeled his life after Uncle Barry, but when Barry died, he felt alone. And then as soon as he accepted being alone, uh, Barry came back, which isn't exactly true. Tom King, read some more Flash. Uh, and then he had a whole yeah. family and stuff, and now they're Wally all gone. What a was week. the week Flash for like over 20 years. So you're saying it took him over 20 years to like accept that he's... The Flash? No, it took him like a year, <laughs> two years, three well, years. It, well, well, well. So, I mean, and this is something we talked about with Williamson on the interview that Wally really got out of Barry's shadow under the Wade run, and I mean, he pin like um, Josh pointed pointed it out to be in Chain Lightning. I pointed it out to be Terminal Velocity. I think in ter- uh, Terminal Velocity, the one- yeah, Terminal Velocity, like the end of number one hundred. I feel like he's kind of there. So he's out of the shadow, but I don't know. Apparently, he's not out of the shadow until Rebirth 09, according to Tom King. So thank you. Yeah, Tom and even King. like, I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to think what arc this was. Return of Barry Allen. Even uh, Return of Barry Allen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You could even pinpoint it there. Yeah, because like Barry Allen or Eobar Thong comes back through time, posing as Barry Allen, and everyone believes him at first. Afterwards, Wally's basically forced to fight a guy that looks like his hero wins and afterwards he goes to barry's actual grave and he's just like i'm the flash and so that that's kind of like to yeah. me his turning point yeah yeah you could honestly pinpoint it there I, yeah i agree with that so yeah i don't know this is just like this is incorrect for tom king to put it there but whatever uh then we see wally again with the flower and uh he snaps his fingers like thanos and some lightning comes <laughs> and out of the flower the flower like starts to bloom and it's again with the poem and Poison Ivy comes out, reborn. That's not Already. how the Speed Force works. Very funny meme, Hunter. Thank you. I've been uh, waiting all episode back. to say that. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're back with Harley, Booster, Batgirl, and Ted Kord, Blue Beetle. And uh, basically, they want to solve what happened. They think that Wally might be alive. No, wait, he's not alive. Time travel's confusing. Uh, and then they're like, they think we're crazy, but we're not all crazy. And then Harley's like, uh, actually, I'm all crazy. Uh, thank you, Harley. We just needed to know that. Uh, they decide not to get the Justice League or Batman involved. They want to do it small because if Wally could be hurt, if Wally's hurting, small is better for to help him. And then uh, Blue and Gold are ready to go. And Harley calls her and Batgirl the Dynamicer duo. God, I've never hated Harley Quinn more than I do now. <laughs> That's <laughs> not then, that uh, bad. Said, <laughs> Booster says, Blue and Gold and the Dynamicer duo. Uh, competent, righteous superheroes on a secret mission to save the world while Ted like, has a bloody nose. So I, I kind of like how Ted, this entire time, Ted just has like a napkin to his nose. A bloody nose. <laughs> um, then we see uh, Wally with Poison Ivy, and Wally apo- apologizes. And then Poison Ivy says, why? Y- you helped me. Why, why are you sorry? And Wally says, I didn't help you. I hurt you. And then I did this. This doesn't make up for the hurt. And it doesn't make up for dot, 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 because Tom King loves dot, dot, dots. Uh, <laughs> you just woke. You have life. I'm sorry. You'll have to see this. And then I was like, I don't understand. Like how me and Hunter are like, I don't understand. And most people reading are like, I don't understand. <laughs> and uh, she says, what will I see? And then uh, we see 
Wally with his, uh, she says, well, well, another Wally shows up, like two Wallys and a poison ivy, and he says, death. You'll see my death. And so there, Wally has lightning going all all around, while regular Wally does not. So, uh, last panel here, or last page. Uh, I like to, it's kind of like the worst page. Uh, basically, Wally says, week three. I didn't think this would even take three weeks, but here we are. And then he starts to, like, put his head down. He does this little, like, really, like, he looks really frustrated. And you see underneath Tom King, writer. And then, can't wait for week four. So, that's the issue. Yeah. I kind of like us as Tom King, writer, after he looks so depressed. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, something that we kind of skipped over, uh, the Flash is exhausted, Barry Allen. And he says, and Batman says, the alarms went off all of them so interesting yeah. what's happening um in in the words of tom king it's a hard time to be a tom king fan right now uh <laughs> it's oh man i just I, I know some people love it actually one of our good friends his name's comic savior uh he loves everything tom king right <laughs> i i i poke fun at that but uh he he is loving heroes in crisis i'm not, but I'm glad people are enjoying it because if you are getting joy out of this, I'm happy for you. I'm glad you are enjoying this, but this story just doesn't work for me, and this issue is just kind of capitalizing on that. I mean, ugh, I, I hate the way he read back, uh, the way he wrote Batgirl. Even the Wally nine-panel interviews just felt so almost cringy in a way. Like, ugh. Yeah. Th- th- this feels like such a different Wally than the Wally we had Flash War slash post Flash War. In all Ooh. honesty. Here's the problem. He's writing Wally like he really wants like us to like understand like that Wally's young, so he's making Wally like <laughs> dot, say dot, like dot. a lot and pausing mid sentence like all the time and saying like all the time. So it's like, come on, Tom King. <laughs> it it, it, this it with... almost feels like Yeah. Sorry, keep going. I, I didn't mean that. <laughs> oh sorry, yeah. That. I just want to say like He's saying Wally say the word like all the time, and I was reading this on Reddit that people were pointing like, why is like Wally like always saying like? It's like, oh, because Tom King wants to wants us to understand that he's a young hero. Look at Batman issue 40, 54, I think, where Nightwing got shot. Every single panel, Nightwing said the word like every single time and, he spoke. And Nightwing was so annoying in that issue. I hate the way he wrote Nightwing. Because yeah. he made him say like every single time. That's what Tom King does to make people understand this is a young superhero. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is just... Ugh. And, and like it, it feels like he's writing Wally like he's almost like Kid Flash or like in the early, like in his first year as the Flash. Like he just, like Barry just died, you know? That's the kind of uh, Wally he's writing that inexperienced and very unsure of himself hero which just yeah I mean, that, that's a good point it, it, it isn't wally. yeah that's a good or point it isn't the wally we have now yeah yeah that's a good point never thought of it that way is there any character that tom king is actually writing good here <laughs> um boost i mean <sighs> i guess he's writing harley accurate to what harley is but obviously i don't like harley so doesn't work for me the, um that is a pretty stacked team though when you like take out like ignore Harley, but Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, and uh, Batgirl, that's a pretty stacked team. So yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing them work together. Not Harley, but <laughs> those three—they're <laughs> all kind of techie. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. What, what what do you make of the two Wallies and him bringing back the flower, uh, bringing the flower back to life, and bringing 
Why isn't Ivy back to life? Uh, with the two Wallies. Uh, I'm really curious about this. I hope we pick up next issue because what is there? Yeah, there's two issues left, so I guess we probably will pick up next issue. What's going on with that? Um, when I first saw it, I'm like, okay, hey, JD, you're right. Uh, <laughs> maybe the panel with the two different color Wally eyes was correct after all. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, because now there's two Wally Wests. I'm and, curious. And, and it's funny because um, I noticed in one of the panels, now maybe since you're colorblind, you didn't. Uh, do you have trouble with greens? <laughs> I, I felt like in one of the panels, uh, with, in the nine panel interview with Wally, they, they really tried to make it obvious that his eyes are green. Oh, because he kept going like wide eyed? Yeah, yeah. So I felt like they were really trying to, like, all right, Wally's eyes are green. Make sure you know that. Uh, <laughs> I, it's in his that's... first nine panel inter- interview in the second image. I think you're pushing it there. <laughs> Okay, maybe. All right, all right, maybe. I think I'm that's a little, yeah. <laughs> With the uh, two Wallies, though, continuity. Joshua Williams said, who wrote the freaking tie-in for this, The Price? Uh, he kind of said in Flash War, time travel is no longer possible. Everyone's kind of stuck in whatever time they're in now, which kind of made me think this is why Booster Gold is stuck in this time, because he's from the future. But if this Wally's coming from the future, yeah. or the past, or whatever, how is he getting here? Hmm. Well, it's something that's not going to be explained until Heroes in Crisis number nine. And when we get that explanation, we're still not going to like it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I just, I, I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool that Wally could like speed up the process of Ivy being reborn. At the same time, I feel like that's kind of just like, hmm, like, like how in every Star Wars movie, like, oh, the force could do this. So now it can do that. Like they pull force powers out of their ass. I feel like they kind of like pull a speed force power out of their ass. Just yeah. It's, yeah. It's like, that's not really Tom King kind of just made that up. I feel like, and I guess speeding up the process makes sense. But how did Wally know that poison Ivy was going to grow out of that plant when her bloody dead body is just in the house? I mean, the, the only thing I could think of of like using the lightning to bring somebody back is Wallace bringing uh, Wally back to life after the yeah, uh, Titans. Yeah, in the Titans when he like had the heart attack, or when uh, Bart restarts Jay Garrick's heart in his Flash run. But like, but the thing is, those are two things. that's like it's restarting a heart. It's like doing like you know yeah, what's it called like, like br- clear not, yeah. like you're using your electricity to re- so like jolt you back to life. This is bringing someone from a flower. Which would make sense if it was like Swamp Thing, but Poison Ivy doesn't really do that. So, that's yeah, what I'm confused. That, that's more of like Swamp Thing's idea where he could go through plants and he could be wherever there's a place with a plant he could be. But Poison Ivy's not that kind of person. She can control plants, but she can't like teleport like Swamp Thing can. So, she's the legacy of the Swamp Thing. She gets well, to, uh,. She's the new green. <laughs> yeah, her new name will be Kid Swamp Thing. Watch oh, out. <laughs> um, what do you rate the issue? Ooh, I... I don't know. <laughs> I put you on the spot there, didn't I? I don't know. I never really thought of that. Uh, it's issue seven. I'm going to give it a seven. <laughs> I like the art a lot. Okay. okay cool. um, a comic book should also have like... A, it's not like a novel that we're reading. It's a comic book. So the art is 50% of the thing, technically. And the art is really good in here. It's not like it's like okay art and then like an okay story. It's really good art and kind of like a bad story. But that really good art puts it up to a seven. I could just look at the panels. Okay. Um, I'm probably leaning more towards like a five. Uh, The art's awesome. I just think when you get so much characterization wrong or just like 
the way you envision it is just not the way that they are. Like, I guess that's the way he envisions Babs. And I guess like, I mean, I was kind of expecting him to do that because like how he uh, characterized, you know, Dick in uh, Batman number 55. Like, I felt like that was way off too. So I guess this is the way that Tom King sees it, but it's just not the way that they are. Like, I don't know. I, I look back and I read uh, Babs's Oracle in you know the '90s and the 2000s, and man, she would never stand for Harley's crap like that. She would never be like, "All right, no more murdering people." Like, uh, that's a good man, point. No, yeah. Just, okay. Uh, I'm gonna have to bring down my score to maybe a five. I didn't really think of it that way. <laughs> I don't know. I just I thought I thought the characterization was so off, and I don't know. Even the nine panel interviews, like you would think them all being Wally West would excite me, but at the same time, I'm just kind of just like these are kind of cringy in a way. Yeah, yeah. I guess not the greatest issue. Oh, no. And it it worries me a little bit that we're two issues away from being done, and I still feel like, what the hell is happening with this story? Yeah, we still don't really know where it's going. <sighs> but on the bright side, it's not getting delayed, as far as we know. So we should be done this yeah, not- in May. Wow. Yeah, that's soon. All right. Uh, I guess quickly. I like Shazam. I thought it was really good. Uh, what else came yeah. out? I really like yeah, Flash. I, I like, yeah. yeah, I like Shazam, but I wish it was bi-weekly because God, like, it, it's an interesting story, but it's monthly, which, like, I feel like it's so long in between issues. Yeah, but it's, like, there's a lot of detail in the art, so it's kind of understandable. For sure, and and at the end of the issue, uh, Black Adam is revealed, which was awesome. Yeah, I didn't expect that so. at all, so Black Adam's going to be in the Shazam series coming up. Yeah. Thank God. Uh, Flash 67, set up of the Jesse James trickster arc. Um, I, I like it. It's very creepy. Uh, kind of reminds me of like almost like a horror movie in a way, or like the beginning of a horror movie, like how uh, everyone's smiling in the town and they're being like forced to smile. Uh, just very, very quickly, um, we see someone who I'm like 99% sure is Sakata, and yeah, he is he is running the cult of uh, Black Hand, who's the Green Lantern villain. Uh, yeah, he's Hand. the Black Black Lantern. Yeah, and they have the Black Lantern logo, so. That's interesting. I guess he gave up his Flash obsession, and now he's cultivizing over death. Which okay, Black Lantern. I love it. I'm a huge Green Lantern fan, so I love that. Uh, I'm just yeah. curious if that'll like if there's like a throwaway panel, or or if we have a future story coming for that. I wouldn't mind a story on Sakata because he's only in like three issues. So oh, imagine if Sakata Jeff Johns run was so obsessed, and he ends up killing himself and becoming a Black Lantern because of that. That would be really cool. That would be so <laughs> cool. Uh, Action Comics 1009 Uh, I thought it was a lot of people are saying this is like one of the best issues of Bendis' Action Comics run I thought it was okay it was mostly about uh, Amanda Waller I haven't read it yet but yeah I heard heard a lot of great things about it so yeah it it is good but I just thought it was okay there's one little error that I noticed Uh, I'll quickly just say uh, Lois calls Superman Honey right next to Jimmy Olsen then Jimmy Olsen's like Hey Superman, have you heard from Mr. Kent? And it's like, what? You you just saw Lois Cole? Whatever. <laughs> uh, Justice League Odyssey number seven, I thought was just okay. But the art is by what's his face? Forget his name. His last name is Conrad, and he did uh, Cyborg Rebirth. We haven't seen him since, but now he's on this book, so I'm glad he's got a job again. <laughs> I guess he's he's a good artist. Interesting. And he's trying Cyborg in this. So yeah. Cool. And- yeah, and it's Dan Abnett writing JL Odyssey now, so I guess he's on that book for good. I don't, I didn't hear anything of like why Williamson is off it, but yeah, only he only got like four issues. That's kind of sad. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, and uh, I guess do we do a character of the week or? 
Yeah, we could just quickly talk. I mean, we kind of talked about it in the thing, but how do we get introduced to Batman and why do we love the character? Yeah, so our um, character of the week is the Dark Knight. Batman. My my first comic ever was Batman and Son, the graphic novel by Grant Morrison. My dad bought it for me when I was like, I was really young. I, I can't even tell you how old I was, but I, I read it and I was really confused because like Batman kind of gets raped by Talia Ghoul and uh, <laughs> Damien like beats, beats the crap out of uh, Tim Drake and as... You know, someone who's like 10 years old and really confused, like, what is happening? <laughs> I thought there was only one Robin. So, um, but rereading it now, obviously, it makes more sense. Um, but that was my introduction to Batman. Then, like, I didn't really go deep, keep diving into comics from there. Then I got back into comics when I was like 13, maybe 14 years old. Uh, I watched Batman 66, the Adam West series, and that made me want to read comics. Interestingly oh, interesting. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. So then I that's that's when I started to get out of the library. Uh, Batman Hush was the, like one of the first ones I got out of the library, and one of the first ones I owned actually. Uh, then I got like the New Fifty Two run and a bunch of different Batman series, and that's what got me really into Nightwing. So Batman was an original favorite of mine, though. Like it was like Batman was my favorite, but that's because all that I had read, and then Nightwing became my favorite, and then Flash became my favorite. So <laughs> and I've been, I've been steady since. But yeah, I love Batman and. Um, my favorite era is probably like the mid to late nineties and the early two thousands, like the, kind of the Chuck Dixon era, the whole nightfall and no man's land. I think those stories are really dope. And I think we just don't get stories like that anymore. And I love how, uh, connected the bat family was back then. I really felt like they were a bat family, which is something that I just, we don't get in the modern age much. And yeah, that's, that'll be my quick Batman character of the week. Interesting. I was introduced to Batman through probably the animated series. Uh, I didn't really. Oh yeah, get it. I mean, I was introduced through the animated series, not through comics. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, so probably the animated <laughs> series, or like maybe I think I watched like the Keaton Michael Keaton's Batman as a kid with my dad or something like that. I don't. No one really knows what their first Batman memory is. I'm sure because everyone knows yeah. who Batman is. Um. Yeah. For my sure. first comic with them, I would get single issues here and there. So I go to like garage sales and I'm like, "Ooh, Batman!" And my parents are like, "Buy me just a random issue." I had one where he was fighting uh, Killer Croc. I still have it. I gotta find what issue that is. It is a detect- detective comics issue. I think it's four or something. Don't oh, wow. remember it at all. <laughs> uh, I barely remember it, but I still own it somewhere here. Um, then uh, one day I got Batman Hush, and I read through all that, and that was my first volume, like I mentioned before, and I loved it, but I never really got fully into Batman until I w- was about f- just... 15 i was 15 years old and i wanted to get more into superheroes so i started watching all the movies a lot i was into superheroes before like i was i've been hulk i've been spider-man i've been batman all for halloween before so i wanted to get more into them into specific specifically the comics and when i was 15 years old i had surgery and after surgery it was a long recovery so i was going to be in the hospital for a long time and so i asked my parents like can you bring me some comic books maybe while i'm here just so i could read for something to do and I needed distractions because a lot of things were going on. And I was just like, ah, I need to do, I need to like move, but I can't move. So I need to read something. So my dad got me Batman Court of Owls. And so that was like my first time getting into comics. I read that. I read it in a day because I had nothing to do. I'm like, can you give me more? So he came back the next day with uh, City of Owls and Death of the Family and Zero Year. And it, this was around the time where they didn't have zero year dark city on volume yet because this was during the issues were coming out this was like 2014 or 15 yeah. um mm-hmm. so i just started reading batman and then he started getting me older issues like uh black mirror and he started getting me justice league issues and batman was like 
my life back then. And so eventually I recovered from surgery and I got out and I was 17 years old and I'm like, wow, that, all I did in the hospital was read Batman stuff. And so Batman is a superhero who saves lives and in a way he saved my life. So I got a tattoo with the Batman symbol on my arm and he's been my favorite superhero, I'd say. Like it kind of bounces between Batman and Superman, but I really love Batman. And so, yeah, I think he is a great character that will never get old. Da, 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 da. Yeah, there's there's times where like I'm really into Batman, like how, like how you said it kind of like fluctuates. Like there's times where I'm like, oh, Batman's the best. It's awesome. Like I'll read like Hush or like Under the Red Hood or you know just one of those great stories. And then <laughs> there's times where I'm like, oh, I hate Batman. Stupid <laughs> Same. Batman. Same. Batman. So but yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a, he's a great hero, and I mean to survive 80 years and comics i mean you got to be pretty great so yeah everyone knows who batman is you can't be like no one says who's batman everyone knows that as people could be like oh who's uh i don't know who's cyborg or who's i almost said sideways that's a terrible example because he's a brand new (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean who's starfire like some some characters are like they're not as known but everyone knows who batman is so yeah, of course. Yeah. Happy 80th anniversary, Batman. Happy 1000th yeah. issue to Detective Comics. Happy 80th, happy 1000th. We love you, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, that's it for the episode. So if you're listening on iTunes, we appreciate a five-star review. Sorry about the long episode, but we really wanted to go in-depth on Heroes of Crisis and yeah. Detective 1000, so I hope you enjoyed. Uh, tune back next week for some big comics, including Young Justice, Justice League, and more, I'm sure. Green Lantern. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for a hero story, I'm JD. I'm Hunter, and thanks for being a hero. And remember, every second is a gift. Goodbye. Bye.